Sound the trumpets. It's horse racing time. Saddle up for action with DK Horse, an official DraftKings affiliate. Right now, new customers who download the DK Horse app can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250. Just deposit $25 or more and complete the playthrough requirement. Wager on your favorite horses, then watch the races live right in the app. Download the DK Horse app now. New customers get a 100% deposit bonus up to $250 when they opt in with code RTFP. Only on the DK Horse app. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. 18 plus 21 plus in certain states to open or access an account and a resident of a state where DK Horse is available. Eligible restrictions apply. Voidware prohibited. One per new customer. Match calculated on first deposit up to a maximum of $250. Deposit requires two-time playthrough of settled wagers within 168 hours. Bonus released in $25 increments. Deposit and eligibility restrictions apply. See terms at dkhorse.com. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday presented by DraftKings, America's number one rated sportsbook app and DFS app for the Sunday Slate Conference Championship Sunday. One of my favorite days of the year. And this is one of my favorite times of the week. Every Thursday, early in the morning, I get a chance to talk football with Greg Cosell. 41 years at NFL Films, almost that long with the NFL Matchup Show, which is glorious. I will be all over watching that this weekend. Cannot wait. Check your local listings, ESPN, ESPN2. It's already Thursday, which is insane, which means tomorrow I'll have a Spread the Word winner via social media. Just engage Maverick in some way with at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker Pod, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. You guys know I love giving out new winners, signing new stuff for some of you, a new press pass. And yes, I will have a press pass from the AFC Championship game. I'll be there. If you check your email, you'll hear a little bit more details or you'll read a little more details but I will be there in Kansas City. Sponsor confirmation email winner tomorrow. Love those of you that take advantage of our sponsors. It means a great deal. As well as the YouTube shout out tomorrow. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I gave shout outs yesterday to a couple of new patrons. Deborah Hussey, Jan Lehman. By the way, Jan, evidently a male. My bad, Jan. You're a rock star either way. Should not have made that assumption. I actually know Jan Johnson. He's been on the show. Former Penn State linebacker, Houston Texans linebacker. I think he just signed a futures contract with Carolina, by the way. Anyway, can't wait for the happy hour tomorrow night as well. It is Greg Cosell time. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right. So the best way to always know what Greg is doing is to follow him on social media, at Greg Cosell. Doesn't tweet a lot, but he retweets when he's going on another show or when they post something that he talks about or even the TV lineup for NFL matchup show over the weekend. Mm -hmm. so he's actually an awesome follow because you just get to know what Greg's doing, which is amazing. This entire segment, by the way, with Greg today is presented by DraftKings. You guys know we love DraftKings. When we get into the games – 
I'll just tell you a little bit about what DraftKings thinks is going to happen in these games, uh, and then we'll hear what Greg thinks. Greg, always good to talk with you, man. Before we get to these games, a couple of guys I got to ask you about, um, and we can wait for Drew Brees when he officially retires, or you can just comment, you know, when you're talking <laughs> bucks. So we're going to Philip Rivers, huh? Yeah, well, I wanted to start with that. We know it's official. Philip Rivers is done. 17 years. Boiled down his entire life, Greg, to 30 seconds. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite quarterbacks. Thought he was very much like Peyton Manning in, in his ability to control the game at the line of scrimmage. Didn't get that same credit. Uh, and I loved his toughness in the pocket. Maybe it's because I'm old school and kind of grew up in the game before there was all these movement quarterbacks. But I thought Phillip Rivers was as tough in the pocket as there was. Just so many plays. We used to do that, Ron Jaworski and I, in the matchup show for years, showing him just stand and deliver in the face of pressure. Uh, so I just loved the way Phillip Rivers played the game. Totally agree. Um, you know, I wish he would have gotten to a Super Bowl, but yeah. there's a lot of players you can say that about. You know, I mean, it's it's hard. And, and there'll be a debate as to whether he's a Hall of Famer, and I understand the debate. But to me, having watched a lot of players, and I'm not saying I'm right, Ross, just my opinion, I think he's a Hall of Fame player. Well, I mean, he's top five in, like, yards, completions, touchdowns. Hard to imagine that that doesn't get you into the Hall of Fame, but I, I guess we'll see. There's, there could be a lot of numbers being broken in future years. Um, a couple guys that lost over the weekend that I wanted to get your thoughts on, Greg, going into the offseason. And I asked Dan Orlovsky about these guys on Tuesday as well. Dan does a nice job, former quarterback. Let's start with Jared Goff because there does seem to be some uncertainty as to whether, you know, what the Rams will do with him, at least based on what Sean McVay has said. I actually, Greg, came across from that game on Saturday. I thought golf did a lot of good things and made some really nice throws on those deep digs, middle of field against, you know, I, I thought he did some good things. Yeah, I think the issue with Goff, for those who feel, and, and maybe McVeigh now feels that too, we don't know, is he's a pocket quarterback. He's a schemed system quarterback that needs the scheme to work for him. He's not going to make plays outside the structure of the offense. Now, in today's NFL, that's viewed as really a necessary trait. Uh, so he can't really do that. So obviously we've seen Sean McVay over the years do an outstanding job scheming, setting up throws, presenting defined reads and throws for Jared Goff. But at the end of the day, he's a pocket player. He throws a very pretty ball when he's comfortable. He looks really good. But, you know, that's akin to saying in baseball that anybody can feel the good hops. So the question is, do you need a quarterback in today's NFL with the nature of defensive football and pressure schemes that has movement ability. That's probably a discussion Sean McVay's having in his own head as to where Jared Goff stands as he moves forward as a young coach who's clearly a very good coach and is not going anywhere. You know, it's interesting, Greg, listening to you talk. I almost feel like I don't know if we'll see another quarterback like Goff go number one overall. Yeah, um, although, I don't know. Burrow's not exactly like a big-time second reaction guy. But Burrow has much, much lighter feet and moves much better than Goff. 
Joe, Joe Burrow can make second reaction plays. Right. Yeah, I, I almost feel like in today's day and age of the NFL, Greg, I don't know that we'll see a guy that doesn't make second reaction plays go number one overall again. I, I just don't know that it'll happen. Yeah, or even get drafted high. It's going to be very interesting. I mean, we'll get to it, Ross, as, as we start discussing college quarterbacks, and I've started watching some, but we'll have that discussion as we move forward toward the draft. I want to have the exact polar opposite discussion with you, Greg. I was in Buffalo Saturday night. I called that Ravens-Bills game. You know, to win the Super Bowl, you have to win three or four playoff games in a row, obviously. And in the AFC, you're going to have to do it against Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, etc. Lamar Jackson missed a few throws in that game, Greg, that you, you cannot miss those throws, in my opinion, if you want to win the Super Bowl. So, I mean, Hollywood Brown wasn't even covered on second down, down near the goal line. There was another one. I guess the question is, Greg, do you think, and I've been asking everybody this this week, do you think Lamar, we all know he's great, they had a good, great season, blah, blah, blah. Do you think he'll ever throw it consistently enough that they can win the four playoff games in a row to win the Super Bowl? Well, I'll answer that question this way. I've always been a believer that coaching staffs tell you what they think of their quarterback by what they do. Baltimore does not want to throw the ball. So they're telling us at this point in Lamar's career what they think of him as a passer within the context of their passing game, which, by the way, is very basic. So, again, you people can draw their own conclusions, but the fact is they do not want to throw the ball unless they absolutely have to. Uh, so they're telling you what they think of both Lamar and the passing game. We do not have to interpret that, Ross. They're telling you that. Right, but can't you make the other argument that they just they think that they're so good at running and they're so much well, better they are at, so good at running? And in their last two playoff losses, they scored 12 points and three points. I had a great conversation with an offensive coach this past week on Monday who basically said that this is where they will be stuck until their pass game, uh, and by extension, Lamar Jackson, develops much more significantly. So we'll see how that goes. Unfortunately, we may have another pandemic offseason, and the things I'm sure they would like to work on with Lamar might be difficult to work on because it's it's very difficult to work on things through Zoom. So we'll see where they go. But right now, their pass game is is – pretty basic and they're telling you how they want to play they're telling you that they want to be one-dimensional now is that one dimension great it can be phenomenal but I think if you spoke to most coaches offensive coaches in this league Ross they would tell you that it's very hard to win big games in the playoffs by being one-dimensional on offense very very interesting yeah I mean I think basically your answer to my question is no, you don't think he, he will be unless they can improve it or switch it up or do something. Right. It need, it needs, he needs to be developed much more in the context of a passing game. Let's get to the title games, Greg. Uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, we'll start with the NFC one since that's the one at 3.05 p.m. Eastern. Just for context, DraftKings has the Packers as three-and-a-half-point favorites and the total at 54. So about like a 27-24 type of win for the Packers is what the uh, the DraftKings odds makers think. Um, I guess I just want to start 
with what you saw from the Packers against the Rams, you know, those long drives. Yeah. That's a good defense that they were able to, to move the ball against pretty easily. And they ran it and they came out with a balanced approach. Uh, putting aside the kneel downs at the end, they had 37 called passes, 32 called runs. So they clearly felt that the approach in this game was balanced. But everybody will look at that week six matchup where the Bucks just handled the Packers offense. It was Aaron Rodgers' worst game of the year. That won't happen quite that way. We know that, which does not mean the Bucks won't try to be aggressive. You never do the same thing uh, against an opponent the second time. The concepts, the approach could be similar. They might uh, try to apply a lot of pressure, Ross, but they won't do it the exact same way. But I don't think the game will play out the same way at all. I think the Packers' offense will be better in this game against that Bucks defense. The one thing about the Bucks is they are pretty multiple with their coverages. They're not a team that plays just one or two coverages. They'll play four or five. So I think for Aaron Rodgers, who's, who's as smart as they come, they'll have a lot of checks at the line of scrimmage where when he sees a coverage, it was almost like the Allen Lazard touchdown this past week against uh, the Rams. He saw that cover four, that quarters coverage, and then they had a play that was built in, and then they scored the touchdown, the 58-yard touchdown. I think you'll see that. I think when Rodgers sees specific coverages, they'll get to plays that they feel very comfortable with. So refresh my memory, Greg, on what happened in that first meeting and why you don't think it'll happen again. Well, it was a ton of multiple front looks, uh, which puts, as you know, Ross, it's not just Aaron Rodgers. That puts a major burden on your protection scheme. And I think they'll do a lot of that because we know Bakhtiari's not there. Billy Turner's at left tackle. So they'll they'll do all those kinds of things. So they had multiple pressure fronts. They had a lot of different blitz schemes, including cover zero. Um, it, it was just Rodgers and the offense had a really bad game. They could never get any run game going. It was one of those games. Like I said, I'd be very surprised if it played out that way again. I agree, although I will look forward to watching Ricky Wagner and Billy Turner going against Shaq Barrett, JPP. Yeah. That's, a, that's a key matchup. What about on the other side of the ball when Tom Brady and the Bucks have the football? It seems like the Packers, we all remember last year's NFC Championship game. Any chance Arians comes out and tries to run it with Fournette and Ronald Jones? Uh, I mean, I think they'll try to run it, but I don't think that's the way they'll win the game. And I think Arians knows that. Um, I think to me, the, there's two main points here. One is the Bucks and their use of offensive personnel. We don't know as we speak today, Ross, what Antonio Brown's situation is. He's day to day. So I'm anxious to see if the Bucks line up with 12 personnel, two tight ends with Ronkowski and Braid, who's been a big factor the last couple of weeks, because we know Mike Pettin would really like to play in nickel and in dime. So if they line up with two tight ends, what personnel grouping will Mike Pettin put on the field? And by the way, both those tight ends are quality receivers. Uh, and secondly, when it does get to long yardage, particularly third down, and it will, obviously, in every game, I think that's where the Packers could have an advantage. I think they'll line up with that five across front. They'll dictate one-on-one -on -one protections. They'll move to Darius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary around, get them matched up inside on centers and guards. We've seen Zadarius Smith line head up on the center in that five across front. So I think that's a critical piece because obviously you want to keep – you want inside pressure on Tom Brady. So I think those two – those are two things I'll be looking at. 
Greg, let's get to the AFC Championship game. I'll be there, and uh, hopefully people are checking their email inboxes because they'll see exactly what I'll be doing there on, on Sunday evening. Probably having a good meal, I would imagine. Oh, I hope so. I don't know, man. <laughs> we'll see. It's been hit or miss this year, that's for sure. Chiefs and the Bills. I guess my first question there, Greg, is how about how aggressive Andy Reid still was with Chad Henney, my buddy from – my hometown. And how about Chad? Other than that one weird interception, which I have no idea what happened there. How about Chad delivering? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we know yesterday on Wednesday, anyway, that Patrick Mahomes took all the first team snaps. Now I know he hasn't been officially cleared, but I would find it hard to believe that Mahomes would take all the first team snaps in a Wednesday practice. If they thought Chad Henney was going to be their starting quarterback on Sunday. So I think it's really more about Mahomes in this game than, than Henny. I mean, Henny came in and did a very nice job, obviously. Um, and, and that fourth down call was, was a very good call. We've seen that play. It's in everybody's playbook. Um, I will say this. I don't think Mahomes has played great football over the last month. Now, again, having said that, it doesn't mean he's not capable of playing great football and he's always capable of making special plays. Uh, I think a very interesting part of this game, no matter who the quarterback is, is that one by three set that the Chiefs love to use where they have Kelsey as the single receiver to the short side of the field and three wide receivers to the trip side, particularly when Tyreek Hill is in the inside slot to the trip side. That is a very difficult formation to match up to for defenses. And I'm very curious to see how the Bills will handle that. Greg, got to ask you, uh, is Mahomes just not seeing things as well or not throwing it as well? To me, and again, it, it almost goes back to the starting point with our conversation, I think he's playing a little loose and undisciplined. I think he's moving too much. I think he's moving unnecessarily and prematurely. Now, he's capable of tremendous off-schedule plays. We know that. Uh, on third down, he's. I think he's created the most first downs scrambling out of the pocket on third down of any quarterback in the league. So he's more than capable of outstanding outside of structure off schedule plays. But I think there's just been a little bit of a looseness and undisciplined nature to his game, and he hasn't quite been as efficient over the last month. On the other side... When the Bills have the ball, how about them just deciding we're just not even going to try to run it? Against I know. The well, it's funny. We talk about, you know, being one-dimensional. The pass game, you can be a little more one-dimensional because the percentage of explosive plays in the pass game is far greater than it is in the run game. Um, they didn't. Their first 20 play calls against Baltimore were called passes. Uh, they did not call a run until their 21st play. Um, but it was interesting. They did come out. You were there. They did come out in the third quarter and put Josh Allen under center, and they ran the ball a little bit. Um, so we'll see what their approach is. I was very surprised the Ravens did not blitz as much as I anticipated. We've seen Steve Spagnolo be very aggressive with pressure. We'll see if he does that against a, a group of receivers that's pretty good. And we know the Bills like to line up with four wide receivers at times. Uh, so we'll see if the uh, you know how Steve Spagnuolo wants to handle that. There'll be a lot of disguised coverage looks. That's one thing the Chiefs have done extremely well: disguised coverage looks that get to zone concepts. I think you will see that against Josh Allen quite a bit. Uh, by the way, I should mention uh, Chiefs right now three point 
favorites, and the total at DraftKings is 54, which means you're looking at more like a 29 to 25 type of game, which very similar. It sounds like, Greg, we might get two really good close games, I hope. Do people bet on football, Ross? I didn't know that. <laughs> they do. Do you get uh, Do you get people trying to get, get, get like your insight? Hey, Greg, what do you think? Are, are you no, really no. First of all, I can't stuff? do that. I, I'm not allowed to do that. But, it, you know, interestingly enough, I have never bet on a sporting event in my entire life, Ross. I have zero interest in that. It, 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 I totally am with you. It definitely makes the games more interesting, but we don't need that. We got you to make everything more interesting. <laughs> Greg, thank you so much as always. Really appreciate it. All right, Ross. Appreciate it as always. Thanks. So good. So, so good. Speaking of so, so good, you got to check out True Underdog, recently launched by four time Entrepreneur of the Year Award, Jason Waller. Did I say entrepreneur? I meant entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, man. Anyway, Jason Waller, it's real. It's raw. It's motivational. If you want killer entrepreneurship advice, he's got you. If you want a true underdog story, this guy was raised in a trailer park, suffered childhood abuse, kicked out of high school, a dad in his teens. You can imagine how many times he was told no and you can't. And now his latest venture, Power Home Solar, on the path to becoming a billion-dollar enterprise. Head over to True Underdog Podcast to hear how Jason and his high-profile guests turned their lives around to achieve massive success. Subscribe to True Underdog Podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or your favorite podcast app. Takes. Morning, Ross. Not a lot of news to get to today, but uh, we'll, so we should be able to get to at least one email question. Let's start, though, with your thoughts on Philip Rivers' decision to retire from the NFL after 17 seasons. Love this dude. Love this dude. Most of the same things that, that Greg loved. For me, I, I love guys that have a high football intelligence – that love the game and that are tough. And you can't take any of those away from Philip Rivers. Love the game. Super smart. Tough as nails. Never missed a start. I love that. I, I, I love that dude. Um, I wish for him he had gotten to a Super Bowl. I wish for him he had won a Super Bowl. Just doesn't work that way, unfortunately. You know, my teammate Takeo Spikes, 15 years Never even made the playoffs. Playoffs? You know, Tony Gonzalez never went to a Super Bowl. It's hard. It's a zero-sum game. It's hard to go to a Super Bowl. Very, very hard. And he certainly put his team in position to be good enough to go there a lot. They just weren't able to get it done. And even, I mean, look, just watch this year. Rams had a good team. The Ravens had a good team. You know, it's hard. The Cleveland Browns had a good team. They almost won. You know, certainly the Saints, I think a lot of people thought they were going to go to the Super Bowl. It's hard to get it's, it's hard to get to a conference championship game, let alone a Super Bowl. I never got to a conference championship game. 7 years. So, kudos to him on an outstanding career. It does add to the list of teams that need a quarterback and 
there's a bunch of them. I mean, a bunch of them that have a quarterback question mark going into the 2021 NFL season. Kudos to Phillip on an awesome career. Very, very proud of him. You know, it's interesting, Bri. I put on Twitter last night. Check it out, at Ross Tucker NFL. Would you sign up for Phillip Rivers' career for your team right now? So there's a lot of teams that have quarterback questions. Would you sign up for 17 years, never misses a start, you win a lot of games, you win playoff games, you go deep into the playoffs, but you never win, you never go to the Super Bowl. Would you sign up for that? Most people said no, which is interesting. It's just a good lesson. People want hope, right? Like, even though out of all those teams, I think 20 of those fan bases, they'd be better off taking the Phillip Rivers career and having a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback to watch for the next 17 years and win a bunch of games and line up every week and be a great guy. The, the chance of winning a Super Bowl, they'd rather take door number two. It's interesting. Speaking of guys who were playing tough, let's talk about Drew Brees. His wife, Brittany, posted on social media that her husband played this season through a torn rotator cuff in his shoulder and plantar fascia in his foot, in addition to the ribs and the lung injuries that we knew about earlier in the season. How do you say the word F-A-S-C-I-A? Fascia? Interesting. How I do you say I think that might it? be right. I think I say fascia. Torn plantar fascia. You say fascia. You say potato. I say potato. I say ketchup. You say mustard. Except nobody really says potato. Not on this side of the pond, they don't. But I'm sure if you ask our international listeners, they would. Potato? Maybe. Or how about tomato? My mom says potato and tomato, and it drives me crazy. Yeah, that would bother me. Potato. You going to have some potatoes? Do you want a tomato on that? No, but I would take a tomato. Although I don't eat tomatoes because I've got really bad acid reflux. Anyway, um, plantar fascia, fascia. Look, I just point this out. You never know what guys are going through. And a lot of guys are going through a lot when they're playing professional football. And also, the older you are, the more easily you get hurt. That's just the way it is, which is part of the reason why Brady, who never gets hurt, is just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, two things I need to mention. I think I mentioned them briefly earlier. Please make sure you check your email or sign up this morning because Brian's going to resend it today. Uh, make sure you have your email address over at rawsucker.com because not only do I have a funny story about what I'm doing Sunday, but we got a new show, a new YouTube-only show where you guys are going to come on just like this, just like those of you that watch us on YouTube.com slash NFL. You're going to be on your computer on video, and you're going to be able to ask me any question you want, and we're going to post that to YouTube. Still trying to come up with a name for that. We've got some good suggestions so far. And then we've got a happy hour tomorrow night for patrons, 9 p.m. Eastern. What does it mean? It means go to Patreon.com slash RTMedia. Sign up to be a Tuckhead. It's 10 bucks a month. I'll sign anything you want, send it to you. I'll give you a shout-out on the show. I'll read and respond to whatever question you have. You'll be able to be a part of the happy hour. And if you don't like it after that, you got what you needed from it, 
you don't like hanging out on the private Slack channel just for the Tuckheads and you cancel, I will personally thank you for giving it a shot in the first place. Patreon.com slash RT Media. Let's get to that email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. Email address always, ross at rostucker.com. You guys know the drill. You take advantage of any sponsor or rate and review the show, whatever. Become a patron. I guarantee to read and respond to your show, your question at some point on the show. All right, today's question. Hey, Ross, were you ever on the practice squad? You know what it's like? I've always thought it would make much more sense to carry larger rosters because football is such a brutal game. Uh, COVID actually brought a little more logic to being able to use the practice squad and also made IR more flexible. So I understand the owners might want to limit the number of players on payroll and even on the travel team as it all costs money. But practice squad gets paid something. Maybe maybe we pay him like a fifth of the league minimum. Not sure really how it works. Uh, but would it really hurt to have them be able to dress and play for games as practice squad rates with perhaps a bonus for game participation? I also think that having larger teams would improve the quality of play and quality of life. Now, how about this crazy idea for revenue generation? Expand the regular season to 20 games, but each player must be inactive for four games. Thus, the players still only play their 16 games with more rest over an albeit longer season, but we eliminate the preseason, which is proven to be kind of worthless, except perhaps for evaluating the last few spots on the roster. Now, this means we get more football, plus an intriguing new strategy when you rest Pat Mahomes, or when you rest Pat Mahomes. Backup positions become more important. So if you play the Jets, do you rest Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill together? Obviously, the roster would have to be expanded by 25% to have the depth. This would also be great for player development, as your guys in depth would get a chance to play when the stars were being mandatorily, I don't know if that's a word, rested. All the best. That's from David. Interesting thoughts, David. Yeah, so David, love the questions. I would say for those of you that send in more questions, it's probably easier if it, they're a little bit briefer than that because now I like forgot some of the questions. But, uh, David, I love it. First thing, I was never on the practice squad. Second thing, they really did a lot of these this year. And to your point, David, I think they're going to keep a bunch of them. You were able to move up two guys from practice squad for game day, so you could have essentially a 55-man roster. Practice squads back in the day used to be five guys when I was playing, and it was like $4,000 a week. Now, this year it was 16 guys, 16. So I actually think that'll stay. I don't think they'll have more than 53 guys on the roster because of the benefits and all that stuff. But I think practice squad, to your point, this year was $8,400 a week. So if you were on a practice squad the whole season, $142,800. Now, if you were one of the veterans, I think they had – I can't remember how many spots it was, but there was like three to five veteran spots because usually you couldn't have more than two accrued seasons. So once you've played two seasons, you're not practice squad eligible anymore. But they changed that, and they let guys on there this year that had more than – if you could have a few guys that had unlimited, like the Eagles had Josh McCown on practice squad. That was 12000 a week. So it's 204000 12000 a week. Um, and to answer your question, they, they do everything the team does, everything except go to the games. 
That's it. They do everything a team got, does, except they just don't go to the games. You would not know who's practice squad and who's active roster other than the game. I mean, you kind of know, but you wouldn't know. Um, as for, And I think a lot of those things are going to stay, to your point, David. As for your idea for revenue generation, I've seen other people talk about that. You know, an 18-game schedule, but the players only have to play 16, blah, blah, blah. I'm not a fan. I, I, I'm not a fan. I, I think that becomes really awkward then. You know, let's say you buy tickets to – you're a huge Chiefs fan, to your example, and you go. You have to go to one game a year. Can you imagine that one game Mahomes doesn't play and he's totally healthy, but he doesn't play because it's one of the two games he has to sit out? I don't, I don't, I don't like that idea. I don't like, I don't think you want to go that route. Um, I think 17 games is, is good for next year. And I don't think you want to go that route to answer your question. So that would be my reaction to that. Good question though. Shout outs are in order. Pizza boy brewing had uh, three. You've got a friend in IPA last night. IPAs. You've got a friend in IPA. Get it? Um, if you're from Pennsylvania, the license plate, you say you got a friend in PA. Anyway, had three of those bad boys last night. 7% pints. Glorious. Pizza Boy Brewing, Sporticulture, SteakhouseSports.com, Vision Comics with an X, and DinerDepot.com. All the other shows are already posted. Check them out. Fantasy Feast, Even Money, College Draft, Business of Sports. Tomorrow, we will have a Picks Friday, and it will be glorious. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.